Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Friday. It's noon. That means our guy Ben Standig's on with us. He is our Washington Commanders insider. Follow him on Twitter at Ben Standig. Subscribe to The Athletic. It's totally worth it. Uh, and listen to his podcast where, where you get your podcasts. It's called Standig room only. Ben was part of the group out there the other day uh, spending time with all of the assistant coaches that were made available. We'll get to that here in a moment, but but I'm going to start by asking you the two questions of our last two days here on the show that is that have generated uh, a bunch of response. Um, the first one is this. Tell me something that you really feel like you know about this new regime. I'm not talking about Dan's gone and it's better and it's more competent. We can rest assured that it's not going to be the total S show that it's been for the last 20 years. But but more football-specific, coach-specific, roster-specific, what do you think you know right now is true? Oh, boy, interesting. Um, well... From what I can tell, you know, we haven't had a ton of interactions with Dan Quinn and Adam Peters and so on, but, you know, uh, they are, uh, I, I, well, I guess I don't see this. I know you just said sort of eliminate the Dan part, but essentially, like, well, you I want me to give you what my group. answer was first, if it'll help, if it'll help you or get you thinking. Sure. Denton's answer was, I feel confident that I know that they don't have an edge pass rusher and that they need to address that. I said, I am confident that they don't have the the guy, that guy that they need at quarterback and that they have to address it. That's the thing that I know. I'm convinced of that. So what's your answer? Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, I I would say in that vein, they have more holes than I imagine they can fill even with all the traffic and all the traffic that they have. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
it's it's such a weird deal. Like I think because like what I don't know is how quickly they want to turn this thing around. Are they looking to become a contender overnight, or are they looking to take this thing and be a a slow build? And and I say that because you know it is a laundry list of things that they really need. You mentioned a couple of them. You know, they need a running back to replace Antonio Gibson as that change of pace. They need size at receiver. They may arguably need an entire new tight end room. Other than Sam Cosme, I'm not sure there's another offensive lineman we can definitively say will be back in the same position next year. You, you already touched on the end. There is literally, I think, one linebacker on the roster right now who played played actual snaps last year. The secondary, Kendall Fuller and Cam Curl are free agents. They're arguably – you know they're two best. Well, probably not even argue. They're probably they're they're, they're two best uh, defensive backs. Uh, Joey Sly is a free agent. He was towards the bottom of the league in field goal percentage last year. And uh, you know, so you know, other than other than pointing to Terry McLaurin, and I guess you know the two defensive tackles, I don't really and Brian Robinson and you know I'm probably, a couple of things. But there's there is not much here that you can say right now. That's a thing. Do, do I believe that the new coaches, especially in the secondary, the defensive backs coaches, are going to help get more out of Emmanuel Forbes and so on? Yeah, I kind of do buy that there's more there to get. Obviously, it was a disappointing year for the secondary. But I'm saying I kind of buy in to this new group as being someone to help them. But it is a huge haul. I mean, they, it isn't just they get this quarterback at two and life's better. Everybody will feel good. Everybody will be more optimistic. But in terms of, like, next year, man, they have got a ton of work to do. By the way, when you mentioned Joey Sly, I had somebody um, uh, tweet me and just say that uh, Joey Sly is – that we haven't had a good kicker since Chip Lowmiller. So I went on a bit of a deep dive on Sly. Did you know that Sly's field goal percentage, 84.8%, is the highest since Kai Forbath in terms of guys that have kicked for at least one season for the team and that he is the all-time for, quarter, for kickers that have kicked at least one full season in Washington, the all-time long-distance percentage leader 75 percent from 50 or deeper no kicker in franchise history has ever been anywhere near that his problem is he's missed a lot of extra points and he's one of the worst pat kickers we've ever had um in franchise history so here was the 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 question we did today it's a hypothetical all right but if they didn't swing at a quarterback here in the offseason draft Cousins, Fields, would would it confirm some level of belief in the Peters group or would it shake that belief? Because somebody um, got me thinking about this. They emailed this guy. Ralph emailed and he said, Kevin, you've been Mr. Benefit of the Doubt Kevin here. You're giving them the benefit of the doubt. But would that benefit of the, benefit of the doubt be shaken if – they didn't make a move for quarterback, essentially meaning that they believe they can build around around Sam Howell. And I think it would be shaken a little bit, but I just don't see any possibility of that happening. You say what? Well, if you said that their their master plan was that they think Sam Howell is the guy, I guess I would say that that seems a little dubious. I think there is I, – I, I'm not you know trying to run Sam Howell out of town, but – you know, even with all the problems last year, it just felt like, well, I guess let's put it like this. If they were picking 16 like they seemingly did most of the time, 
and you said, are they going to run it back with Sam Howell? I would be less concerned. I would say, well, I, I still wouldn't think that would be my ideal plan. And you would have to, you know, draft somebody else or figure something out. But okay, what can they do? But when the option is Sam Howell or you take a guy at two that people are saying could be, you know, a franchise quarterback, I hate that term, but a franchise quarterback for the next decade, blah, blah, blah. you got to go take that risk. So that part would be tough. Now, I am I, I am intrigued by the idea of trading down, but that wouldn't still, even if they did that, I still wouldn't be like, well, that means I'm good with Sam Howell as the starter. So that would shake me my confidence a little bit, I guess. But, you know, like with everything, I need to see the full plan. You know, are, are they, are they, are they, you know, are, are they still are they drafting a Michael Penix in the second round to to, to compete? Are they you know who is the veteran they're signing? But yes, if, if you're telling me Sam Howell is a plan, that would be a bit odd at this point. We've talked about Kirk Cousins. I don't think that's their move. Thirty six years old, he's going to command probably a big contract. But the guy that's out there that you know Cliff Kingsbury's got experience with is Baker Mayfield any have you given that any thought talk to anybody about you know free agency being the route that Washington looks at especially if Caleb Williams is the guy that they feel best about and they can't get him because Chicago takes him yeah well not specific to to Baker but specific to like the idea of a veteran quarterback I think this is what's an in, another interesting variable here you know obviously nobody logically blames Josh Harris for anything that transpired on the field prior to his arrival and even last year's team you know realistically he had nothing to do with because it was already you know the roster and the staff were baked in when he bought the team but when you buy the team you didn't just buy the the, the stadium and the facility and all that you also bought the problems and the problems include that this fan base has endured so much losing over time. You know, it's what, seven years in a row now, no winning record, no playoff win since 2005. The best move to a degree may be obviously sort of take the slow build and, and go from there, but is there any push to say, can we have our cake and eat it too? Can, can we get some more veteran presence at quarterback, build up the overall roster elsewhere and try winning a bit more this year, right? I don't necessarily know that that's the – what they would do. But I do wonder in the back of my head, like does Josh Harris look at it like that at all? Now, granted, he is the, he is the owner who, you know, as we know, who greenlit the process, which right. was had to be a money losing venture for him. Those, those years when they were winning, you know, between like whatever, you know, 10 to 20 games, but he did that. So maybe he wouldn't be a big deal, but to me, that would be like the, the wonder on like getting a veteran, you know, whether it's a Baker Mayfield or whether, you mentioned Cousins. Um, that would be my wonder. Because, like I said, trading down to me is kind of fascinating, knowing the haul that the Bears got last year. We remember the haul that they gave up to get RG3. To do that on top of what they have and knowing all the holes they have, I, I think it's kind of interesting. But passing on the quarterback at two is obviously very, very tough. Yeah, I mean – Harris certainly greenlit the process, no doubt about it. But it's just, and we've talked about this before, you you understand this. The NFL is so different. I mean, you are, uh, you can't win a title in the NBA without a top five player. And you got to figure out the way to get the most chances at drafting that player. Uh, in the NFL, you can't win, you know, sustain win without, without, without a quarterback. But you can be competitive and you can win a playoff game or two overnight. Um, it's, it's done all the time. Um, so 
Um, we're talking to Ben Standing, of course. You did participate in the athletics sort of uh, staff mock draft that is out today, and you picked on behalf of Washington at number two. I'll just tell everybody that Chicago's writer from The Athletic selected Caleb Williams. So tell everybody who you selected in this mock draft on The Athletic today and why. Well, first of all, can I just tell you that as somebody who likes to do mock drafts because it's fun to contemplate scenarios, them picking it too is so boring. <laughs> I mean, what am I doing? I'm picking this guy or that guy. Like, I, I can't even switch. I can't even change positions. I, I do this bit every year on The Athletic where I go, let's look at six different mock draft scenarios for them. Can I even do that this year? I, I, I don't know if I can. Anyway. Um, no, you, yeah, I you, went with Drake. you can't without trading. <laughs> right. I mean, one, one I do Drake May, one I do Jaden Daniels. Ooh, that's exciting. All right. right. Anyway. Um, so I went with, I went with Drake May. I, I think I had been leaning towards the Jaden Daniels side of things, perhaps because you two, uh, or, you know, I talked to you often and are, you know, hyping the kid up and, and obviously he's very good. But I, when I, when I, you know, I, the ticket series. So I, I sat down. I'm like, okay, let me look at this. I, I'm not going to look at the tape. I, I'm not going to offer an opinion on that. But let me see what what else is going on. And it, what what it looked to me like was, it was a lot. Some people had made it to. Well, actually, let me rephrase it. I think most of the sort of the the national draft pundits seem to all have Drake May at two for the most part over Daniels. I know our guy Dane Brugler did, and others too as well. When Jaden Daniels went two, they typically had Drake May going three. But when Drake May goes two, Daniels could slip all you know down to six or eight. Now that's they're not doing trade, so you know that may not happen. But it just feels like sort of there's more on the side of May than than Daniels. Maybe it's only a fifty-one forty-nine split. And you know, in talking to a couple of people myself around the league, you know, it seemed to be more May than Daniels. But I, I think in general, it's a pretty bunched up group. Um, so I don't think it's like, you know, it's not something like, oh, we definitely pounding the table for Drake May. Um, and the fact that, I don't know, he has some familiarity with what we, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is kind of, is now constantly giving out, you know, signs like don't assume, you know, what my offense is going to be right. uh, talk, but on the assumption that it is somewhat in the range of the, the air raid offense and, and, and those principles, you know, that's what Drake May was doing in college and his former OC, Phil Longo, who I think you probably had on, if not recently, but before, because he was Sam Howe's OC as well. You know, he's a yeah. big advocate of Cliff Kingsbury and their friend. So, I don't know. Something tells me that that would be my lean right now. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there a, a lot of uh, people have reached out to say you're just way – you and Denton are just way too in the bag – for Jaden Daniels, and it sounds like you guys will be crushed if they don't take him. I don't feel that way at all. I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I don't care if Ben takes May or Jaden Daniels. By the way, Ben is a mock draft champion multiple times um, over the years. But I, I just, I, I just want them to take the guy that they think is the right guy that gives them the best chance. It's look of the three. M- one of them's definitely not going to be any good. One of them is ju- is not going to have the career that we expect them to have, and maybe two of the three won't. So, but I, I want them to hopefully fall in love enough with one or one or the other uh, to take them. It would be disappointing to me if they don't really love one or the other. 
um, and they don't address it uh, there. If they end up addressing it with J.J. McCarthy by trading back 10 spots, I'll be okay with that too, even though I'm not a big J.J. McCarthy fan. But I do like Drake May. I do think Drake May, I mean, watching him, he can do it. I mean, and there will be a lot on the mental side and on the character side and on the work ethic side that will probably be the difference between May and Daniels if it comes down to that. Now, the other day we're talking to Ben Standing, of course, was the day in which they made all of these assistant coaches, this coaching staff that is now completely filled. By the way, I'll mention something real quickly. Seattle's coaching staff is not complete. There are a couple of other teams that have not completed filling out their coaching staff with new head coaches. One of the benefits, I think, of Dan Quinn is they knew he could hire a competent staff um, quickly and that people would want to come work for Dan Quinn, which they clearly have. But I'm just curious, before you tell me about what stood out to you about the day on, on Wednesday, have they done this in the past? Has the team made kind of all of the assistant coaches, the rest of the coaching staff, in kind of one fell swoop available to media? They have. Um, they've had. They've done that a couple of times, I want to say, but it was not like it was more. It wasn't like this. Like I, we, you know, obviously with in the Rivera year, things were a little bit weird because of the fact that uh, you know COVID came in soon after uh, he was hired. So didn't do it, but it was then. it was so two it two months later after his staff was hired yeah. when the world shut down. There was a lot of time in between him being hired, him filling out the staff, and COVID shutting the world down. Yeah, no, I I I, I hear you, but like I'm just saying, like it, you know, it. Who, who knows what was going on or why they did or didn't? You know, okay. as we know, that, that era was a lot going on, but they did eventually do it. But but by the time they did it, it was already like into the. Rivera era, we already had, you know, some familiarity with some of these people. This was very much like a, you know, hey, we should all, you know, wear name tags and hi, nice to meet you and 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 things like that. And even for themselves, like Anthony Lynn, we talked on Wednesday. I think he said he'd only been there basically for two days. Um, and most of the coaches, when we, you know, tried to ask anything specific about what have they figured out about the guys on their roster, it was a, it was a lot of hey, I, we're not there yet. I, I still have more work to do or, or things like that. So. It's all come together, but yeah, it was a good opportunity to, you know, just get a feel for who who these people are. And um, obviously, there's some interesting uh, people here. Brian Johnson, you know, coming over as an OC from from the Eagles, so like you know, four months ago he was being viewed as a potential head coaching candidate, and now he got he's on a completely different team and uh, as a you know as as an assistant without even like a real like specific like coordinator type title, you know, the main coordinator. Um, Ken Norton Jr., you know three-time Super Bowl champ, uh, was with Dan Quinn in Seattle. He's obviously a name. And then, you know, even some of the holdovers, you know, we know them, but, you know, still just to sort of see them all together, uh, you know, I thought that was a good uh, It was a good uh, event. Well, who stood out? Uh, first of all, I, I, nobody made any news that day, right? No. Not no that news. I could tell. No. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, nobody they, admitted, they, they oh, man, nothing. we 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 can't wait to, to – I, I think maybe actually now that I think about it, um, maybe it was Brian Johnson who said this, or maybe it was Tavita Pritchard. I forget at this point. Somebody did say, kind of looking forward to the draft and, and figuring out these quarterbacks for number two. Didn't somebody say that? I think it was Tavita Pritchard uh, you know, who said that. 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, okay. we, you know, the, it was the, the whole thing took an hour, and it, you know, I, I wasn't standing in front of any one of these people for more right. than a few minutes at a time. So, so anybody so stand out what, as super impressive, super interesting for any reasons? Sure. Well, like you obviously saw the Joe Witt press conference a week or so ago, and right. he, you know, had everybody feeling like they want to run through a wall. I think Anthony Lynn has definitely got that, got some of that in him. He's, yep. he's got a lot of energy, a lot of pep in his step. He's obviously, you know, done just about everything he could on the coaching side, you know, been a head coach, been an offensive coordinator. He was just with the 49ers uh, on this team that, you know, went to the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's clearly not going to be somebody who's like holding his tongue in these meetings. And he, you know, he gives a, you know, he's going to be more on that run game side, but you know, whereas like, I, you know, I don't know what Cliff Kings, Kingsbury is like behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem to be like a like a rah rah type coach. I think Anthony Lynn, if the offense needs a kick in the butt, I think he's the guy to uh, to do that. And you know, I, I'll also give a shout out to somebody who's been here before, and that was Tavita Pritchard. You know, because Eric Bieniemy was such the focal point of the conversation on the offense last year, you know, we really didn't talk a ton about. Tavita Pritchard, and you know why would we? You know, in the context of all that's going on, the quarterback coach is not the main topic. But Dan, you know, Dan Quinn, you know, he 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 wanted he he liked Pritchard. He wanted to keep him, um, and he was he you know he, even he, and I think if Quinn had gotten a job somewhere else, he might have even looked to have Pritchard potentially join him. So he brings him over. He keeps him here, and he is a very very good communicator. And you know his background. What's his background? Stanford starting quarterback. You've got to be obviously smart to get into that school. And to be a quarterback, you've got to be poised. You've got to be a team leader. You're going to hold press conferences. You have to be able to communicate. He does that well. And I think that's, to me, a good sign of, you know, what's going on behind the scenes in terms of helping to communicate, your, you know, to, to the players you're trying to help. So, um, you know, Tavita Pritchard's not hardly, again, even with this team, between – Kingsbury, Anthony Lynn, Brian Johnson, he's not going to be a guy we talk about. But, you know, I, I, it was a good reminder that he is a pretty effective communicator, and I understand why Dan Quinn wanted to keep him around. You know, in looking at that offensive staff under Cliff Kingsbury, you mentioned one guy that people have talked about. Um, Anthony Lynn, obviously, has been a former head coach. But the other name that keeps popping up is this David Blau, who just finished playing football. You know, he's on practice squad in Detroit. Um, he played for the Lions at one point, and I've heard that this. A lot of people believe like he's a future OC, maybe a future head coach. Did you get a chance to talk to him or not? He was not made available. The only assistant, the only assistant position coach made available was Ryan Kerrigan. I think for sort of the obvious reasons. So no, we, we didn't get a chance to talk to him. But uh, you know, I know Kingsbury said that when he had Blau on uh, with Arizona, he'd only been there for like a couple weeks, and Kingsbury said, but he probably already knew the offense better than I did. Um, you know, I, we always talk about having a mentor for these young quarterbacks, how important Jacoby Brissett was apparently for Sam Howe, not last year. Now, this wouldn't be the exact same thing if the guy is a coach, not a player, but he literally just got out of the league. He was with, you know, he was on a practice squad last year. He's, he's had some starts in this league. So, you know, to depending on what else they do at quarterback, they at least have somebody who's done the job, who's just got out of the league. And, uh, yeah, apparently he's a pretty smart guy. You know, I, by the way, like, I know everybody was so desperate to get Ben Johnson because of the off, young offensive coordinator genius type uh, thing. I get it. 
I'm not saying, well, be happy with what they have, but you know, they have a guy in Brian Johnson now who was being viewed as a potential head coach candidate before the Eagles fell apart. You have Blau, who, again, I don't know what this is going to be, but nobody knew what all those guys on the 2013 staff were going to be until they did. So at least it's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, again, not you know, for all of you still moping over Ben Johnson, I don't know what to tell you, but it's not like they've got like a bunch of curmudgeons on the offensive staff is all I'm saying. Yeah, and there's um, – when I was uh... – and I played some sound leading up to, you know, during the, the coaching search of Ben Johnson after it was actually, I played the sound Denton, wasn't it before the Tampa playoff game? I think it was. And I played a bunch of sound from his coordinator day on that Thursday before the Tampa playoff game. And he singled out David Blau as somebody in the, in, in the room that has a lot of ideas and is excellent in sort of their collaborative approach. Cause that's what apparently he was known for. One last one. What do people think Ryan Kerrigan's potential is as a coach? Oh, I don't really know. I okay. mean, you know, last year was his first, you know, go around yeah. doing this. And, uh, you know, again, I think, you know, they do have a good mix on this roster. I feel like, of, of, you know, coaches who've been around for, you know, a couple of decades have been there, done that on that front. And then you have some guys who are, you know, more recent uh, additions to, to the coaching world who who are just coming off the field that he's, clearly one of those guys I, I i did talk to ryan and i jokingly said to him you realize that right now you may be the best defensive end on this roster right um i don't have anybody um but uh you know look ryan's a what pretty, was his answer to that does he like uh, kj henry does he does he like jones does he like any of his uh, young players did he specifically single anybody out <laughs> not really well i mean you know he, he's now going to be with the linebacker so he'll help uh Okay. He's a pass rush specialist, so I guess that means helping anybody in the front seven. Um, something tells me, like when, when Ryan talks to us, even as a player, you know, he was pretty quiet, pretty, pretty. Uh, you went to Ryan when you needed a quote, but you didn't go to Ryan when you wanted like an in-depth explanation of something, If I, to be honest. Now, I'm assuming that when he's behind the scenes, no cameras, no reporters, no mics, he may, there may be more to it, right? The guy, like his, his, his persona with us, doesn't match the persona of the guy who does that, who did that sack celebration uh, all the time. So I'm curious to know what goes on behind the scenes with him, but I I don't really know for sure. Um, I do think it's nice to have somebody who obviously has some ties to this franchise, you know, in in the way that he does. And, you know, hopefully he, you know, was able to, uh, you know, learn some things last year and, you know, he's only starting. So, you know, look, he clearly knows what he's doing. So hopefully that he can translate that to, teaching the younger guys. Good job. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah, man. See ya. Ben Standig, everybody. Uh, Follow him on X on Twitter at Ben Standig. Uh, What Colt McCoy said about Cliff Kingsbury next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.